0: Is it possible to wake up alert, refreshed, and ready to go each day? Well, according to new research, there is a formula, and it has three components. Number one, exercise the previous day. Number two, sleeping longer by going to bed earlier or sleeping in later. And number three, eating a breakfast high in complex carbs and low in sugar Combined to help you reach peak levels of alertness and keep your energy up all day long. I keep wondering, by the way, why we can't live in a world where sugar is good for you. (laughs) Maybe in heaven.
1: I was going to say, maybe that's what you'll find out when you get to paradise. (laughs) And here, sugar is good for you. So please go to our all-you-can-eat Belgian waffle bar. Yes. Enjoy. (laughs) So Taylor, this time of the year, it's so much fun. There's so much excitement and so much joy, but for a lot of folks, there's also a lot of loneliness Oh yeah, it's and a, tough a lot time of, year. of longing and, and my, uh, devotional, I'm doing a special advent devotional today was about doing a pivot on what we perceive as loneliness and that you can actually grow in your faith through those lonely times. We'll talk about it next. Okay, so I think, especially as we tend to get a little bit older, we can be lonely this time of the year at Christmas. Lonely for people that maybe have passed away, like my mom. I get lonely for her at Christmas time because she loved Christmas so much. She'd wear a Santa hat, yeah. like run into the grocery store and stuff. And she just loved Christmas, and her being gone. You know, it makes me lonely for her. And I read a devotion this morning about loneliness this time of the year, and it said that we tend to treat loneliness as if it's the end of the story, as if it's the end of our story. And he said Christ offers a completely different view on this. He says, I'm with you always. So we are never, ever Mm. alone. And the point of the devotion was... Try to look at it instead of loneliness as solitude, because solitude is where mm, we really get to grow good. and know Christ. Look at it as time to pray and and speak and also time to be silent and listen. And Christ will be there. He says he's going to be with you. He's not going to let you down. But it's a, just a matter of us stilling our minds, stilling our hearts, putting our loneliness aside and saying, wait a minute, I'm not alone. This is a great time to spend time with Jesus. Yeah,
0: that's so good, because my favorite theme of this season is Emmanuel, God with mm-hmm. us. So thanks for sharing that.
1: Saw something fascinating about how we're spending this Christmas. Yep, we're all going way into debt for Christmas, but wait to hear the number one reason why people are doing it. We'll talk about it next. Now, when you dream of like Christmas morning, what does the living room look like? I know when our kids were little, it meant like, present bonanza there was just wrapping paper and boxes every it was like a bomb went off and a toys R us and that was our living room right so if that's the the christmas that you have in your head this year more than ever they're saying that's that's more out of reach for more of us than than ever before um that we're more in debt heading into christmas than at any other time in history Ooh. which is crazy when you think about the past two years we all sat home not spending a lot, and the government sending us checks. Now we're all, we we went from having record savings to record debt, like that, um, which says a lot about human nature, right? But, they were talking about, uh, talking to parents, uh, how are you spending, what are you spending using to to buy Christmas presents, and over 60%, uh, I'm using credit cards, and no, I cannot pay them off. Oh, man. So people are, and they said, why are you doing that? And they all said, I feel pressure as a parent compared to other parents to do this Mm. it's comparing themselves to other parents to go in the credit card debt at christmas time
0: wow that's so tough isn't that crazy i i just saw there's um someone i love aaron and ben napier from you know from hometown and she showed a video of her grandma must have scrimped and saved and got her this beautiful teddy bear and she dumped the bear on the floor and put the box on her head.
1: There you go. <laughs> and so, like,
0: parents work so hard to spend all that money. And then you don't even know if they're going to love that toy or not. So
1: what I'd like to get to is, Mom and Dad, do you feel that pressure? Do you Is that real to you? Are you, like, going like, I maybe you hit the mall this weekend and you were like, you knew better, but you swiped it anyway because you felt pressure. Like, you didn't want your kid to be the one that didn't have a spectacular. Christmas morning. Have, can you connect with that emotion? Are you, are you feeling that when you hear that? Are you like, oh my gosh, you're talking about me. Would love to hear from you. Hey, Elena, we're talking about the pressure... The parents can feel this time of the year to go into debt, swipe the credit card. Can you uh, can you relate to that? Uh, thankfully, I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old, so I'm not feeling that super expensive pressure yet. Oh, good.
0: <laughs> but we do focus, like, we'll watch them during the year when we're walking around the stores, and if they focus on one thing, then we'll go get that when they're not paying attention. Aw, cute. But we don't really go for quantity of gifts. Like, we're not about, oh, our kids have to have 10 or 20 gifts under the tree. It's what they actually really want that's good and the like you said the nice thing is they're so young they haven't started the comparison t- trap yet with comparing to other kids yes
1: thankfully right mom <laughs> i can't show up at daycare in these shoes <laughs>
0: <laughs> how excited do you get when your kids are coming home I am going home this weekend. My husband and I are going to see my mom and dad, and we'll see lots of nieces and nephews that happen to live close to Grammy and Papa, mm-hmm. as they call them. And my mom has called me at least three or four times asking wow. questions That's about the visit. Good. She's like, um, hi, honey. She calls everyone honey. She's like, hi, honey, I'm I'm just, you know, um, I know you're going to get the nieces and nephews together. I just wanted to make sure. Um, are you going to be inviting Lance's girlfriend, Emily? And I was like, oh, um, yeah, mom, of course she's invited. I'll I'll reach out to her. I'll reach out to Lance and make sure his girlfriend is invited. So then the answer was
1: no one had thought of it yet. I hadn't. But we will.
0: (laughs) I was so focused on my niece and her fiance and my other niece and who's got to work when and what time can everyone be there? And that kind of stuff. I've kind of forgot about, you know, there's a nephew that's living with my mom and dad, and I kind of <laughs> forgot. Oh, wait, the new girlfriend. We gotta make sure she's invited.
1: Right. But but in the family hierarchy, fiance ranks higher, way higher than just girlfriend or right. boyfriend. Yes. Fiance, you've you've moved up. Right. A lot.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You've, co- you've
1: made a commitment to Not only that, the fam.
0: But Kaylee and Morgan have already set a date. We just got what? that big news. What? Yeah. So yeah. Whereas Lance and Emily have just been dating for like I think since the beginning of the summer.
1: Oh yeah, that's so, they're they're they haven't even made one lap around the track yet. Right, yeah. right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's easily yeah, understandable. yeah, my mom
0: is so fun. I, it will be. We should have a game. How many more times will Taylor's mom call her before the the visit? She's just so excited. It makes me happy.
1: Have you ever traveled overseas, maybe even specifically with a missions group doing some missions work? Mm -hmm. Um, You learn when you travel to other countries that people's concept and idea of time is very different from here in the States. We're going to talk about that next. Okay, so the first missions trip I ever went on was to the Dominican Republic. Um, And one of the biggest eye-opening things was how differently people in other countries, particularly third-world countries, can view time. Like if they say something's going to start at noon... That means noon-ish. It's not like hard and fast noon. And um, I heard a sermon the other day about why they'll wait for someone like to start a meeting. It was the leader of a missions group. Uh, they said at noon, we're going to have this meeting. And it rolled around like 1.15 and all the Americans there started getting antsy because they still hadn't started the meeting yet. And he's like, well, so-and-so isn't here yet. And the, all the Americans were like, well, we should have started the meeting anyway. And they said, no, he's worth the wait. We're going to wait for him. Aww. And it was a complete change in perspective yeah. of viewing people. And because in, particularly in third world countries, maybe he had to come by bus and the buses aren't exactly reliable there. Right. Right, And he's could,
0: walking with no shoes. Right. And right. There's a hurt. million
1: reasons why someone would yeah. not be on time. But the fact that they said, no, they're worth the wait. Wow. Made, you know, it respected the humanity in that person. I love that. That's super cool.
0: Okay, so this is really fun. I found this article, and it's 13 mind-blowing facts about Jesus' birth that you might not know. And uh, there's one that I have believed wrongly for my entire life since Sunday school. Okay. I'll tell you about this in just a minute. Okay, so I found this awesome article. It's 13 mind-blowing facts about Jesus' birth that you may not know. Okay, And number four just really did blow my what is mind. It? What, is, what is it? Joseph, Jesus' dad, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: was not a carpenter—at least not in the traditional sense. He—he's where this is where the English language kind of botches it up for us. The Greek word for carpenter used to describe Joseph is more accurately translated as craftsman. Yeah,
1: I had heard that. Like handyman,
0: possible that he was a woodworker. But it's unlikely the majority of homes, buildings, and construction in Nazareth were made out of stone, mm-hmm. not wood. Mm-hmm. So Joseph was more likely a laborer and a builder or possibly a stonemason, hmm. not a carpenter. Hmm. And I'm just like, mind blown.
1: <laughs> the more you know.
0: Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good if you've ever worked for a restaurant, you know about the sore feet, the long hours, finicky customers. Julia works at Waffle House, about 50 miles north of Birmingham, Alabama. And little did she know, when she was served a table of friends one morning, that she was about to get an unforgettable tip. The bill was Ooh. just over 74 bucks, but her tip was over $1,100. What? Tanya and her friends have a super fun Friendsgiving tradition. They each bring 100 dollars in cash to their annual event, knowing that they're going to use the pile of money to pay for their meal and the rest of the cash goes to the server. Hmm. Well, Julia the waitress was floored. She has four children and she said the money is going to help her buy them Christmas gifts this year. Wow. Isn't that an awesome tradition?
1: Wow. That I love is really that idea. Cool.
0: So do you say unique things in your family when somebody sneezes? When I was growing up, it was always Gesundheit, which Hmm. apparently means good health to you in German, Uh, that my mom and dad both have German roots, and that's what they grew up saying. I thought they said Um, it because
1: it kind of sounds like a sneeze.
0: Oh. (laughs) Gesundheit. (laughs) Gesundheit. And um, sometimes my husband and I jokingly say to each other, you're so good looking, because that's from a a Seinfeld episode. But um, the other day, I felt a sneeze coming. My husband's driving on the passenger, and I'm not kidding you. I went like this. I went... (gasps) Achoo, thank you <laughs> it's like, i was thinking i stole the god bless you from him i took it
1: and i don't know, i guess i was
0: anticipating him saying god bless you so i thanked him all during the sneeze <laughs>
1: it's always the season for dad jokes taylor but tis the season for christmas, christmas dad, dad jokes. jokes i've got three of them coming up for you next all right, here's some great... These, these are fresh out of the oven, along with the cookies. Fresh baked dad jokes for the holidays. Uh, who brings dogs and cats Christmas presents? Santa. Santa Paws.
0: Uh, <laughs> good one.
1: What is an elf's favorite type of music?
0: Um, I don't know. What
1: is it? Rap music wrapping paper wrap yeah wrap me <laughs> okay um what do snowmen eat for breakfast
0: hmm. I don't know what do snowmen eat for breakfast
1: Frosted f- flakes or ice crispies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so I in just a minute have a challenge for my fellow coworkers, Kevin and Griff okay I have an idea for you guys and if you're up for a challenge if you guys are feeling manly, I have an idea for both of you. You come
1: to the right place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I have a challenge for both of you. And this, like, I really think you guys should be game. You should be open-minded. We are having a company Christmas party and it's a potluck this year. And I'll admit, I tried to go behind the scenes and make it pizza. I was like, (laughs) women have enough on their to-do list this time of year. I don't want to spend my whole night in the kitchen making something for the potluck. And my husband was like, he he knows how busy I am this time of year. He goes, babe, please just go to the grocery store and buy a pie. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know, we'll see. But anyway, here's my idea. Usually it's always the women that do the cooking. Guys, go grab paper towels or a bag of chips or a rotisserie chicken. I think this year, Kevin Avery and Griffin Adkins, you guys should cook or bake something for the potluck for the Um, first time. I'm totally in. Absolutely. I have no
1: idea what I'm going to make, but I'll totally do it. Griff, this is good. Come on. That means I actually have to go to the potluck. Yes, (laughs) I don't know if that was in my plan. Which is his introvert nightmare. (laughs) Or you could drop
0: it off and leave it, and
1: we'll enjoy your creation while you're gone,
0: and talk about it behind your back.
1: (laughs) And you can't have Sarah make it, and you say you made it. Come on, do it. No,
0: we have to trust you. Maybe we have to. I'll text your your wife and say like you're my witness.
1: Yeah, because we know you would lie. She wouldn't. (laughs) So I I think I may have created a problem for myself with agreeing to make a potluck dish for this year's potluck. Um, number one, Tracy will be like, I'm making that. I'm not having you go into the office with something you make. Everyone will think I made it and it might not be great.
0: What if you announced <laughs> to everyone that you made it?
1: Well, then the other thing, too, is I think she enjoys doing that. She likes making something and sending it in. She enjoys the process of that. She likes being a part of it. So I I don't, I don't know if maybe I'll have to bring it now. You get
0: to bring in two things. I'm going to bring in
1: two things. I went from just coming in and enjoying it. Then I won't have to bring anything. Now I'm bringing in two things. We'll see. (laughs) I just think after I enthusiastically said, I'm in, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Now I'm to, We'll see. Oh, I, uh, and Griff never
0: me. did commit, so I know it's not going to happen. All right, I
1: got, well, no, no, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I just got to check with Trace. Maybe we'll make something together. Yeah, maybe that's what. Maybe that's the solution. We'll find out.
0: So, do you like those cool little life hacks where you can take something you already have in the house and it has a million uses? Like uh, vinegar, white vinegar, you can use it to clean. Baking soda mm. can be used for a million yeah. things. Well, there is something that you might have sitting in your bathroom, sitting in your shower that can be used for other things and that is
1: your husband
0: Head and something shoulders.
1: sitting in the, sh- sitting in the bathroom. <laughs>
0: oh. I was like, why would Glenn be in the shower all day? That's so funny. Okay, so Somebody
1: sitting in the bath. something sitting in the bathroom you can use.
0: <laughs> it's the anti-dandruff shampoo head and shoulders. Do you have any of that in your bathroom, Kev? I do, yes. So yeah, a lot of people keep it around just in case your head gets a little flaky or itchy. Well, dermatologists say that the zinc in head and shoulders is great for your skin specifically acne mm. and it makes the cheapest best face wash in the world no kidding. you just wash your face with a little bit of head and shoulders and i love the way it smells so there's a little bonus but yeah who knew she, she this girl said she followed her dermatologist advice that she gave her back in middle school and then she's like, "Ah, I'm gonna buy some fancy schmancy face wash instead." And the acne came back. Huh. She suddenly got outbreaks, and so she decided, "That's it. I'm going back to Head and Shoulders as my face wash," and it totally worked. So the acne cleared up.
1: If you go like looking for shampoo or body wash or whatever, in the men's section of that, you'll see stuff. Oh, it's shampoo, it's body wash, it's everything. Oh, really? Head and shoulders was the precursor to all of that. I guess
0: so. They Who just knew? never
1: labeled themselves that. Maybe they should start doing that, right? The just more call you know. themselves head, body, face, all over. Yeah. You I bet you the marketing
0: is coming. Wash we your should, car
1: with it. We should
0: mark this day. You heard it first on the Kevin and Taylor show, and then all of a sudden they changed the bottles of Head and Shoulders. They changed it to Head and Shoulders, Knees and Toes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Coming up in just a minute, how a mom and a grandma transformed the lives of her kids with a simple game. A mom and a grandma, uh, she has transformed the lives of her kids and her grandkids with a simple game. It's pretty cool. One night, 27 years ago, Lisa was trying desperately to get her daughters to go to sleep. So she said, you want to play a game? And the game was, want to know what I love about you? And both girls went to sleep smiling from ear to ear. It was inspired by the book, The Blessings, by John Trent and Gary Smalley. And uh, she's got four biological kids, one adopted kids. She now plays the game. With her grandkids.
1: I love how you always play with my dinosaur with
0: me. Oh. You know what I love about you? Yeah. I love that I get to spend time with you and that you love spending time with Grandma and Papa. Ah. <laughs> Isn't that such a cute mm-hmm, game? Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. over and over. You know what I love about you? Mm. She now has her own book called You Know What I Love About You that's out. That would be a cute Christmas gift if you're thinking of something. <laughs>
1: I was just thinking of my kids in their middle school years. They go, you know what I love about you, Dad? That you don't make us do games like this.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Enjoy them while they're little. Absolutely. So do you ever feel pressure to be fun at work? Like, uh, at, you know, at work, everybody's like, hey, we're going to go bowling after work. And you're like, "But I, my kid's got a game. I, I, I'm going to go do that instead. And you kind of feel left out. Um, one guy got fired for being boring. At work. And he sued. Wait till you hear if he got his job back or not. We'll talk about it next. Did you hear about this guy? He got fired from his job, uh, supposedly for not being fun. What? Uh, It was a a workplace that they had the reputation of uh, being the fun place to work. And what fun included was a lot of extracurricular team building activities. And uh, he was older and married, and most of the people who worked there were young and single, and he was just like, hey, this is not my thing, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, They fired him. They were what? like, you don't embody the spirit of the company, sorry, you got to go. It wasn't because no of his way. performance. I'm telling it's truth. That's crazy. And it happened like five years ago, and he sued for his job back. He finally got his day in court, and uh, they awarded him his job. They said he could have his job back if he wanted it, and they awarded him like $3,000. But there's a pending case where he is sued for a salary from that yeah, time. All to the now. money he like, lost. He, yeah, I wonder yeah. what he's
0: been doing to earn a living for the past five years. I don't know, and would you want to go back to a job like that are yeah, you I'm, I'm boss. probably
1: doesn't but the no. funny the funny thing is I've heard of people getting fired for being too fun at work right? yeah that's oh, usually yeah. what you would think like oh, especially no. in yeah. regular
0: radio right right
1: <laughs> he was a little too wild and crazy so you know off he goes right. but not being fired because you're not fun enough so wow so there you go <laughs> you, you got it and that's I, just crazy you know for especially people that have kids. And and spouses and stuff. Yeah. Well, they want to punch out and go home. Right. The last thing they want to do is add another thing to their to-do list under the guise of team building.
0: My dad had, in just a minute, I can tell you a little bit of what my dad went through going through work. It was kind of something similar to that.
1: Oh, huh, okay. We'll hear about that in a few.
0: So you were telling me um, earlier about this guy that got fired for not being fun at work. And uh, I just feel so bad for him because my dad kind of went through sort of something similar. Um, he's got five daughters, a, a wife that works from home, and he had a commitment to his wife to be home for dinner at each night. And so in order to fill that commitment, he would go to work really early. Like he would get there at like 645, 7 a.m. before anyone was in the office. Mm. And of course, those were his most productive hours. When no one was around, he's a civil engineer, by the way. And, um, but then come five o'clock, he was packing it up and headed home because he had promised his wife and his five daughters that he'd be home for dinner. Hmm. And the bosses did not like that. They didn't like the optics that he was the first one to leave. They didn't have, you Mm. know, they didn't keep in mind that he was the first one there. And he always got everything done. He had a great relate. He was, a, you know, had a really great relationship with the city where he, you know, he was part of their city planning. Yeah. Um. But it never boded well with the bosses, the owners of the company. That, and mm. I think he got passed up for promotions and raises because of that perception. Yeah. Even though the reality was he was working his tail off, but yeah, just yeah. not the hours they
1: preferred. And yeah, doing all just to be a great dad and yeah. Great husband. Yeah.